Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth.
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. host Ryan Gable and you are listening to the Secret Teachings Radio right here on the Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show this evening, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And check out our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, where you can find our full show archive powered by Captivate. Download and stream every one of those shows after it airs. You'll find the montage archive as well. Both those archives are for subscribers of the show, but there are a number of free shows and some free show sections, some sample shows and Some shows on health that are free. Doesn't matter if you're a subscriber, you can get those. Just visit the website, thesecretteachings.info. You'll also find an individual book tab for each of my books, Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Occult Arcana, or Occult Arcana, depending on which way you pronounce it. And for subscribers, there is also a book page that will give you access to the digital versions of those books as part of your subscription deal. I've kind of re-edited the subscriber page, trying to simplify and streamline things. So when you subscribe, we have three different options. We have the Apprentice, the Fellowcraft, and the Master. They are just related to the blue degrees of masonry. It doesn't mean that this is some kind of ascension course or it has anything to do with a secret society. Uh, I think I'm just trying to be clever. Uh, Some people might not think that. Uh, but you can subscribe weekly for $5. Obviously, if you do monthly for 10 that's half the price, or a whole year for 50 And sometimes, like this month, June 2021, uh, I do a little discount, and I give you something extra, so you get all of that, the archive, the montages, the digital books, and a physical copy of one of my books. And it's only $45, and you just go to PayPal and donate with... Uh, your PayPal account or any other card that you have. It works on PayPal. It's a one-time donation, $45 for this month of June. You get all of that and a physical copy of one of my books. Some months you get to choose which one. Sometimes, depending on what I have in stock, it will be one of the three books that will be sent to you and autographed if you'd like free shipping in the United States. That is my plug for the show. All of that supports the Fringe FM. It supports the secret teachings, and it supports you. And when I say it supports the secret teachings, I sincerely, spiritually, and soulfully mean that. I am at the point with the show where the plane has left the runway. We've gotten enough speed, and the airlift has taken us airborne. 
Uh, it's a little bit scary at first, but we are going to basically be flying this plane or flying this saucer or flying this ship. Hopefully at some point in the very near future, I will be able to do this full-time without the need for another job at the moment at least. That's what I'm working on. And on Friday, right before the weekend, I got a little taste of what that was like. I didn't have to do a show Friday because I did a best of on the network, the Fringe FM. Fringe.fm is the network website, for those of you who don't know. And I also did another radio show that night. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But Friday, I had an opportunity to stay home, and I just did research all day. And I put together a really interesting show for tonight, and it was based on what I did on Friday night. Uh, I had received a call sometime around Sunday, Monday, last week, about a week ago, and uh, my friend Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero called me, and uh, he mentioned to me that he was reading this thing about Oreos. That's right, the Oreo cookie, and uh, how Oreo is offering, and I believe they've sold out. I don't know if they're going to get more in. Oreo does everything from Lady Gaga cookies. She has a cookie that I think it's sold in stores now to uh, Pride cookies. And they've done a UFO uh, type or style cookie. It's called, uh, uh, I guess you could call it a UF Oreo, UFO Rios, but it's called the offering. And the offering is to extraterrestrials. And the package itself is like a ritual altar that you then place the cookie, the Holy Communion Eucharist wafer on, and they say place it in clear view of the night sky, and this will signal extraterrestrials, and you're giving them an offering, kind of like Santa Claus, and therefore as a clause you're entering into a contractual obligation with these extraterrestrials. I know that's a lot to think about for a cookie, even if it is one of the top-selling cookies and the world, I think it is the top-selling cookie in the United States. And of course, for those of you who uh, are concerned about health and the environment, it is a vegan cookie. Uh, so I know that's important to some people, but that's one of those things I don't really care about myself kind of being a vegan. I just don't like eating meat, and I don't like eating highly processed food. So to me, the Oreo being vegan doesn't mean much. But what if the aliens were vegan, right? What if the aliens were vegan, but they also didn't like eating that kind of stuff? Maybe the aliens don't eat at all. So maybe they'd be offended we're offering them food. I don't know. Maybe it's just something that operates in the subconscious. Maybe it's just a fun gimmick. It's just an advertising campaign. That's really all that it is. It's, it's kind of like the Black Knight satellite campaign that PepsiCo ran. Remember that? where they were communicating with the Black Knight satellite, the government was trying to shut it down to prevent the message of love and unity from spreading to the rest of the world. And Pepsi was just trying to bring everybody together. you know, Or that really weird commercial about the alien child in school and, and not judging people by the way that they look that UNICEF put out back in 2015 with the headline, Don't Miss the Opportunity to Get to Know Someone Different, thanks to UNICEF Chile for sharing the alien child. It's interesting, you know, you watch commercials like Butterfinger. 
Uh, that I didn't get. I didn't get that Butterfinger commercial with the alien that used like the force to bring the Butterfinger to it. Don't lay a finger on my Butterfinger. Uh, even when I was out at Rachel, Nevada, a couple of weeks ago, they had uh, some, I think it was Budweiser, Budweiser beer left over from the quote-unquote Storm Area 51 event, which was great for Rachel and other alien enthusiasts, but it really uh, was a, a, I would go as far to say it was, <laughs> was kind of like a scam uh, run by Heather Wade and uh, the remainder of what was left of the Art Bell dynasty. Uh, kind of an embarrassing way to go out. Show me them aliens. Uh, but Budweiser did that with the aliens, and it's it's all just fun, uh, and it's all just kind of a game. It's marketing, and it's advertising, call it whatever you'd like. But it's also more than that, because whether you like it or not, or whether you believe it or not, companies, I know this, this might be strange for some people, but I, I think if you consider it for just a moment, you'll realize, well, it's not that crazy. Uh, companies, they, as a group of people, don't necessarily know, like, you know, a person working at a factory making Oreos doesn't necessarily know what the symbols on an Oreo cookie mean. Have you looked at those symbols? There are some important iconic symbols on there, a lot of powerful religious iconography. But you look at that cookie, and most people don't know what that is. Like, you know, the people at Area 51, do they really know what happened at Roswell? Do they really know what was taken to Wright-Patterson or maybe Dugway Proving Ground? Do they really know? Is there anybody even alive today that has any clue? I mean, the, the name of the Oreo cookie, for example, uh, we're not even sure where the origin of that came from. Some people argue different languages. Some people argue that it's Orexio, uh, Orexio or Orexigenics or Genics. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's an appetite stimulant, which makes the cookie so addictive. But, but companies know this, so they hire people that they can pay to develop the types of symbols and the types of designs that will attract customers, which is why companies, you know, like um, Starbucks, for example, they use Melusine. You just look up Melusine in the old Starbucks logo, as in the typical, classical, traditional images of Melusine. Her legs are spread open in a sexually provocative manner to lure men, the siren sound, to lure sailors to their demise. But Starbucks zooms in a little bit, gives her that crown and that star. She becomes the goddess. She becomes Isis, Aphrodite, foam born out of the ocean, the mermaid, and she attracts customers to the store. So Starbucks uses one of the most powerful siren symbols and they have one of the most quote-unquote addictive products or brands anywhere in the world. And Oreo uses symbols like the Maltese cross or the Iron Cross or the Knights Templar cross, one version of it anyway. Their company Nabisco uses the Patriarchal cross or the Lorraine cross, the cross of Lorraine. And you can see on the Oreo the 12 Maltese iron Knights Templar crosses, the 12 signs of the astrological zodiac, um, 12 Knights of the Round Table, balance the Templars, a chivalrous order of equality, or, you know, the 12 disciples of Christ. 
It's interesting because whether it's Nabisco and Oreo or it's Starbucks and their Melusine goddess and the various versions of that, or it's the original Apple logo and the Edenic symbol of that, Apple, one of the biggest computer companies in the world. Is it just that they had this great idea and it became popular and then they decided let's add a really cool symbol and it doesn't really matter what the symbol is, people will still buy this product. And it's like maybe 10%, I don't know, maybe 5%. I think a lot of it is because the people that design things that are revolutionary or they invent you know, new cookies or coffee or something like that, uh, they hire people or they know themselves the power of symbols and suggestibility, the power of advertising, the power of marketing. They understand the nature of the subconscious, and so they talk to you through the subconscious, whether that's through colors, like red and yellow that stimulate appetite, which is why from Arby's and Hardee's to McDonald's, you see the red and the yellow. Gas stations, red and yellow. It draws your attention. Red's also sexual, but it's a base color, you know, like a base chakra. It's a base color that draws you in for the appetite of food or the appetite of sexuality, the appetite of sex itself. This is part of the hierarchy of needs that Maslow produced. And Maslow had, you know, designed the hierarchy of needs from food and shelter to intimacy and social connections and a feeling of connectivity to a social order. Uh, This is understood psychologically, and then it's translated into the suggestibility and the psychological nature of advertising and marketing, and then it's slapped on a cookie or a Starbucks drink, and suddenly these are the most popular brands in the world. Now, there are other products, you know, the Oreo cookie, some say, is the uh, knockoff um, of another cookie. But um, it's really, uh, that's a very true statement. Uh, but some people say that the, the original cookie, Hydrox, is a ripoff of the Oreo, and that's, that's not true. The Hydrox cookie is the original cookie, and it has a slightly similar design to the Oreo, but uh, the Oreo cookie is a ripoff of that cookie. It just became, you know, much more much more popular, and uh, maybe that's because of the symbols used on the Oreo, although the modern Oreo cookie uh, and its uh, design uh, wasn't really altered until and became what we know it today until 1952 when a former Nabisco mailroom employee named William Turnier was asked uh, to do something with this cookie uh, and, you know, built a, uh, I guess you could say, a, a, to build a better cookie. And uh, so he just decided to kind of redesign the cookie. And it used to have turtle doves on it, which I find interesting. The dove is a symbol of Christ. Uh, the Greek word for dove is a, a numerically equivalent 801, 801 numerically. And uh, that's the alpha and the omega numerically, 800, and then the number 1, Alpha, Omega. And uh, Jesus is also equivalent to 888. And 8 is an important number when we're looking at the Oreo cookie because of the patriarchal or Lorraine cross and the exploitation and inversion of that cross into the Leviathan cross of what people, I guess, associate with Satanism. 
So it's all very interesting. We're going to look at this tonight. The Oreo cookie and the offering that Oreo or Nabisco is allowing you to make to extraterrestrials in your home by putting it in your window. It's kind of creepy. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. TheSecretTeachings.info is the website. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, where you can catch The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable five nights a week after Lighting the Void with Joe Rook. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the donation subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app free in google play and the ios app store do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in join me jess rogie the host of the rogie report where we explore the unrevealed every wednesday night live at 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m eastern here on the fringe fm ktlk digital broadcasting This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. 
If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. You can check us out at www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the show to get access to the archive, the montages, my digital books, everything. We offer weekly, monthly, and yearly subscriptions. It is economical to get the yearly subscription, and this month you'll also get a physical copy of one of my books, you have any questions, email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. And remember that your subscription or your donation supports the secret teachings, the Fringe FM, and yourself. It allows us to do this show five nights a week and sometimes to talk about something as simple but yet deep as an Oreo cookie. It's not a joke. Last week, I got a call from my friend Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero, and he talked to me for about 10, 15 minutes. It was a little later at night, and he mentioned the Oreo cookie and how Oreo was offering this UFO-themed pack of cookies to celebrate what I guess people are calling extraterrestrial disclosure. Um, It won't be what you think when the official government report comes out. It's going to be very vague. It could be used to argue that based on the brief, we don't really know if Tic Tacs and other objects, UAPs, UFOs, are alien, but we know that the technology is advanced. It's not really advanced technology that humans are developing, at least the United States. It's been going on for a long time. Maybe it's a threat to national security, you know, as it's been classified in the past. So maybe we need to unite the world and come together. That was actually the theme of a PepsiCo commercial, some of you might remember, many years ago when PepsiCo used the Black Knight satellite, this is five years ago, in a promotional video about bringing the world together in unity and in peace. And UNICEF also used an alien theme back in 2015, the same year, when they produced a commercial about an alien child And this alien child wasn't liked at first when he went to school, and then he was later accepted. And we're told that we're supposed to accept people no matter what they look like. You know, UNICEF is kind of like PepsiCo and all the other companies that do this kind of thing. They're kind of like our parents telling us things that we already know. And it's kind of like, yeah, I get that, Dad. I get that, Mom. And they're just doing their parental job, right? But it's also kind of demeaning. It's like, yeah, we know to accept people that look different than us. The problem I have is with companies telling me how to think, right? Or anybody telling me how to think. But when they tell you how to think, it's direct, it's political. It's to sell you an idea, an ideology, make you really feel it and believe it. And if you don't, then you're not really a great person. However, what if somebody's telling you something without really telling you something? 
What if they're talking to your subconscious? What if they're speaking to you in a language that unless you understand it, unless you study it, it will influence your life in an unknown and in a relatively unseen way and in a deep psychological way, really without you knowing it. These are the symbols that run and the symbols that rule the world and the symbols that are used to communicate in the world, particularly with your subconscious. And so when you look at a company like Starbucks, they use the Greek siren Melusine. The sexual siren, the beautiful siren that lures people to the demise or to their, well, I guess it's the demise of their wallets because of how expensive Starbucks is, or perhaps it's Exxon Mobil gas. Exxon uses something called the Cross of Lorraine, or what could be the Patriarchal Cross, a symbol that the company Nabisco uses. Nabisco, of course, produces the Oreo cookie. And Oreo is being offered to extraterrestrials. So when Clyde called me about that, did some research on this, I spent all Friday looking into it, and I was looking into setting up a Patreon account, so I did that early Friday morning, and I kind of spent the rest of the day, made a little food, read a little bit in a book, and I started reading about crosses and started reading about the uh, Oreo cookie and came up with some subject matter that uh, I talked with Clyde about on Ground Zero Friday night, and then I decided over the weekend, let's put this together into an episode of The Secret Teachings. Usually, that's what I do when I go on Ground Zero. I'll do the show again on my show, or I'll take a really great show that I did, and I'll redo it on another show, at least redo it in the sense that I want to expand on that information for the Kev Baker show, or it's been a while, and I'd like to go back on, but Lighting the Void with Joe Roop, and kind of break it down for a new and a different kind of audience than we have on The Secret Teachings. And so I think you will understand, and I think that you'll appreciate what I have to present to you tonight. And what I have to present to you as an offering is the Oreo cookie. And I want to break this down. I think it's pretty interesting. And I want to start with the basics. Where does the name Oreo come from? And why is the Oreo, in a sense, chosen as the offering to extraterrestrials? Well, Oreo, O-R-E-O, Oreo. Some people say that the R-E is from the word cream. That's the cream in the middle. And the O and the O are from the word chocolate. So you get O and then R-E in the middle, the cream, and then O on the other side. That's interesting, but there's a lot of other etymological significance to the word Oreo. For example, in French, the word or, or O-R, is gold. And the original packaging of the Oreo was gold. And there are, I believe, golden Oreos as well. Some people believe that the Oreo is partly named after orexigenics, which are appetite stimulants, and therefore that's one of the reasons that, like Starbucks, the Oreo cookie is one of the best-selling cookies in the world. The Oreo also has a relationship 
to a god, a son of a powerful goddess. The goddess is Aphrodite, which means foam-born, associated with Venus, and her son, Eero, E-R-O, is part of the spelling of Oreo. Eero. It's basically Oreo. Spelled backwards, but E-R-O. Oreo. And Eero was and still is known as the god of love, but in earlier times, he was the primeval god of chaos and destruction. Now, Aphrodite... Her counterpart in Rome was Venus, and Venus is known as the morning star or the false light, the light that is stronger than the sun initially. It's not the true sun. It's the fire that Prometheus brought, the Promethean fire that gods brought to earth, and Prometheus suffered being tied to a piece of stone and having his liver eaten out of his side. Of course, Odin was hanged on the world tree, and Jesus was on the cross. A very important symbol will break down in a moment. And the spear of Longius pierced Jesus in the side. So you can see the parallel and the parallels, plural, in these stories, all of which I summarize in my book, Occult Arcana, which is on the website at thesecretteachings.info. Now, if you take this word Oreo, and you relate it to Prometheus, you relate it to Aphrodite and Venus, the Hebrew meaning of the word or is light. It also means dawn or daylight or early morning. It could mean star, sunshine, etc. The word E-O also has a similar meaning relating to the Greek word E-O-S, which means dawn. Now, in the Bible... You can find reference to the fallen angels or the fallen Luciferian entities or deities, and they're called the Watchers, right? The Watchers. The Watchers, the Greek word for the Watchers is Agregorio or the Agregorio, which basically means awakened or aware. You can look that up in the Bible in Daniel, the chapter 4 in the book of Daniel, I believe is where the word for watchers, Agrigorio, originates. So you start to see this connection, and it seems irrelevant, but you have a couple of things here that are really important. Number one, you have light, you have gold, and in essence, you have alchemy. You have this attempt to unite the inferior with the superior, lead with gold, the inferior to the superior, positive to negative, that which is above with that which is below. In essence, a unification of the passive and active principles. This is the goal, as can be seen in the grand Rosicrucian alchemical formula, which I've used for the secret teachings for logos and pictures for about a decade now. Uh, It's very famous on the front cover of Manly P. Hall's book, The Secret Teachings of All Ages, for which this show is actually named in relationship to. 
Uh, I'm not giving you some secret information and wanting you to, you know, subscribe to get into the secret order. Uh, it's just kind of like a, a fun way of, of creating a subscription. If you're wondering why our subscription service is called interdeprentist and master Mason, it's, it's not really masonry. I don't, I don't know why I have to explain that to some people, but I think it's just kind of fun uh, to, to look at these words and to see where they come from. And the Oreo is very interesting because of the etymology of the word and the variations of the word, whether it relates to the primeval god of chaos or the god of love, or it relates to gold and alchemy. So check this out. Not only is that the origin of the word Oreo etymologically and with the Greek word for watchers being agregorio or agregori, very similar to the gorgon, I think there's an etymological relationship, which are kind of the earth dwellers, the earth demons, the demon head, the demon's eye, Medusa is one of the gorgon, or the agregor, which are thought forms in occultism and esotericism. It's a collective thought form that is manifested like the golem or like the tulpa of Tibetan tradition to manifest and to bring something from thought to life. It's kind of like the people who believe that with some lasers and concentration and little meditation and projection of will, they can attract extraterrestrials by sacrificing their energy and time as an offering to bring these beings down to earth. Oreo is offering the same thing with their Oreo cookie on the UFO-themed packaging, the altar that you sit in your window at night and you signal to the extraterrestrials. Now, that communion that you intend to have with the extraterrestrials, that communion that you intend to have with Santa Claus when he comes down the chimney, you leave out cookies and milk, that communion that you have with children, also maybe adults, on the night before Halloween, you could call it the Eucharist, the bread and the wine, the wafer and the grape juice. You can call it trick or treating. And in fact, Oreo used to have a slogan, one of their top 25 slogans, and they've had a lot of them, is milk's favorite trick or treat. Well, all of this is based on contract. Because Santa, some say Satan, or Saturn, or Kronos, offers you a deal. And if you take the deal and do what you're told, if you're good, or if you're naughty, you'll receive a response from Santa Claus or from Krampus. And you will receive either golden coins or coal, gift or punishment. So you leave cookies or milk like bread and the wafer and wine and the grape juice out for Santa Claus. And the clause is a contractual obligation. You can say, well, it's not spelled the same way. There's an E missing. 
from Santa Claus. Well, it pronun- it pronounces the same way. The pronunciation's the same. And that's what matters, especially in symbolism and when you pronunciate words, if you do them appropriately, I don't do it sometimes, but when a word sounds the same, it can have an identical meaning to or a different meaning than or to uh, a different word or to a word that means something else. It just depends on what the context and the intention is. But Santa Claus is the contractual obligation. The trick or treating is the leaving out of food to invite your relatives and family in out of the cold or to appease the malevolent spirits and to keep them in the cold, in the dark, away from your home. This is also why bonfires, house fires... Candles, jack-o'-lanterns, Christmas lights, and witch balls, otherwise known as Christmas ornaments. They became popular in the mid-1600s, and these were meant to ward off witches and evil spirits. In the same way that cookies, in particular, are known to appease ghosts and spirits and keep them at bay, as some say, and prevent them from tormenting you, torturing you, vandalizing your home, or coming after your children. It's the trick or the treat. Milk's favorite trick or treat, the Oreo, the contractual obligation you enter into with Santa Claus, Krampus, the children or the teenagers at your door on Halloween, or perhaps with the aliens. And so we offer up this Oreo as an alien gift hopefully, to receive gifts in return, perhaps advanced technologies or something that will help us ascend or go to other planets or whatever it is that humans want. And maybe the aliens aren't so generous. Maybe they're not peaceful. So we hope to at least appease the aliens and to prevent them from causing harm to us, terrorizing us, watching over us, abducting us, anally probing us. Bending our crops over, mutilating our cattle, turning off nuclear weapons. Maybe that's a good thing. We hope that the cookie appeases the aliens. And so with all the religious iconography in the Oreo cookie, the Maltese Iron Cross, the cross of the Patriarch or the cross of Lorraine, the symbol of fire and the symbol of water, the oval the dots and the dashes. The Oreo cookie really is the offering, as it's called in this ad, this marketing from Nabisco. It's really the wafer of the communion. It's an offering to alien gods. And even the design of the package of the UFO Oreo kind of looks like what people might call alien text or alien script. It kind of reminds me of what Geordie Rose, inventor of the quantum computer, says about the, the computer itself that IBM, their version, they put inside of a black cube. And of course, the Q, I believe, is part of a self-organizing collective intelligence, the quantum Q computing 
part of it, what the intelligence agencies are using for psychological warfare to see what the public desires and then to feed that information back into social media. I think that's where your QAnon comes from. The anonymous is the quantum uh, computer, the quantum internet, the quantum field. And so you look at what Jordy Rose said, and he said that that little microchip kind of looks like a tower of Babylon that powers this machine. And he said it's like standing, and I have this in my intro to the secret teachings. You heard it at the beginning of the show. If you didn't, just rewind it, go back, or wait until you hear another episode broadcast. At the very beginning, in the intro, Jordy Rose says it's like standing next to an altar of an alien god. And that's kind of what I feel like the new Oreo packaging is. It's an altar, and it is actually an altar, that you place the offering on, the cookie, place in your window to an alien god. And you're offering this alien god this treat. You're entering into a contractual obligation, a clause with Santa, with Satan, with the alien. And I find that quite fascinating. I'm not sure about you. But it gets even more interesting. Traditionally, if you were to read the Bible or you were to perhaps be familiar with Islamic lore or you are familiar with Judaic lore, you might have heard of a few things I'm about to mention. If you're Jewish or you know anything about Jewish lore, Jewish myth, Jewish history, You'll know about Mount Tabor, and maybe you're a Christian, you know about Mount Tabor in Israel. This is where the transfiguration of Jesus occurred, when he begins shining, bright, golden, kind of like the golden packaging of the Oreo, the alchemical gold, the transfiguration. Muslims are probably aware of a man named Rashid ad-Din Sinan. I think I pronounced that correctly. Rashid ad-Din Sinan, leader of the Syrian sect of assassins during the Third Crusade. And Rashid was known as the man of old age or the man on the mountain. That's what he was known to Western societies, the man on the mountain, just like Jesus was the man on the mountain during the Transfiguration, Jesus in the Mount of Olives, the olive branch extended to the aliens by Nabisco. The Nabisco cross, the cross of Lorraine, of course, carried into battle by the Templars. It was actually carried by the Duke of Lorraine, which is where the name comes from. The Duke of Lorraine carried the patriarchal cross, but extended the top double bar of the cross As the Duke of Lorraine, it became known as the Cross of Lorraine. It was used during the capturing of Jerusalem in 1099, and it later became a national unity symbol for France by the 15th century. And so when you look at the man on the mountain, or Mount Tabor, Transfiguration of Jesus, or the Tower of Babel, or Mount Olympus with the gods, or the Teokali, the ziggurats, Teokali in Mesoamerica, or the ziggurats in Mesopotamia, the pyramids of Egypt, and other places all around the world from Asia to Mesoamerica, and places that are very sacred 
Nanda Devi in India, Taranaki in New Zealand, Mount Marcy in New York to the Native Americans, Mount Fuji in Japan, Mount Ome in China, Mount Kailash in Tibet, the Castle of Indra, the Castle of Mars, and various mythologies and belief systems. The mountain is a place in which man makes communion, makes contact with God or with the gods. Of course, ancient alien theorists believe the mountain is the location in which man makes a connection with extraterrestrials, right? Well, the mountain is where man becomes enlightened. It was the centerpiece, the centerpiece location of many ancient rituals, those that were expressed by the word way, as in the way, the way, the truth, and the light, or the life of Jesus. The middle path is the way between pillars of opposing forces, apparent contradictions, the two thieves beside of Jesus crucified to illusion, like Christ the Spirit crucified by the nails of illusion to the material world, the four corners, the four seasons, the four elements, the head rising upward, consciousness like the Ankh, the circle on top of the Teu cross, which is how the Romans used to crucify people with the Teu cross, the head would be above it, the two pillars of Boaz and Jaquin, strength and beauty, philosophy and science. Man goes to the top of the mountain to be initiated into the secret societies, the secret teachings. Man becomes enlightened. Moses received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. The center of the world, or the gateway to another world, is often how the sacred mountains are described. The axis mundi, or the navel of the world, the omphalos stone. This is the center of the world. This is where you make a connection with God. This is where Elliot touches E.T.'s finger. This is where God touches Adam. This is where the monkey touches the monolith. It's contact. And once you make contact, once you connect with that other world and you receive this information, you receive enlightenment or whatever gifts the gods wish to give you, you become enlightened, you become transcended, you, in essence, you become transfigured like Jesus. It's part of the initiation. But you also, if you're not communicating with God, are making a contractual obligation and perhaps becoming enlightened in a different way. Becoming enlightened in what I believe could be easily defined in some respect as a cult, a cult of ufology, a cult of the UAPs and the disclosure cult. Now, I'm not directly criticizing anybody's interest in these things. I'm interested in them myself, but there's something about disclosure and UFOs that just there's something wrong. I mean, obviously, it's like, it's just, you want the government that you don't believe is telling you the truth to now disclose to you something they've been lying to you about, and suddenly you believe it because it confirms your bias? That's bizarre to me. Perhaps this whole thing is a ruse to convince the world to unite against an enemy from beyond, 
Perhaps that enemy enemy is real. Perhaps that enemy's uh, you know fake, and perhaps it's used to bring the world together. When we hear about this UAP declassification coming at the end of June 2021, and if we're way past that, if you're listening to this show a year from now, how much of what I'm saying has come true? You can see so much of it in the UFO, if you will, community to begin with. People basically offering themselves up to the ETs, kind of like the people in Independence Day. They go to the top of the building in New York City and they welcome the aliens, right? Show me them aliens. And that's kind of one extreme version of it. But when you go to the top of the the mountain as opposed to the top of the building, we become enlightened if we're not making contact with the right gods. And who's to say which gods are the right gods, we're making a deal with something we don't understand. Sure, it's just an Oreo cookie. Sure, it's just a little miniature altar. It's kind of fun. You put a cookie on it, put it in your window. You welcome the ETs. But be careful because the thought forms, the things you wish to manifest, the tulpas, the the golems, the, the egregore, they lurk in the shadows. They lurk in the darkness. They're right there. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for you to welcome them into your inner sanctum, your holy, sacred space, your magical circle. And that cookie is also a little magical circle. You make a little magical circle, put that circle on the altar, inside of another circle on the altar, and then you welcome and invoke the extraterrestrials similar to the Trinity nuclear bomb test and what was going on at White Sands during those tests. Perhaps attempts to summon a changeling, the moon child, creating a thought form, creating something, welcoming extraterrestrials into our dimension, into our world. I don't know, just something to think about. The Oreo cookie. There's a lot more when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. And this is The Secret Teachings. We're going to talk about the crosses and the symbols on the Oreo. And furthermore, what they mean and what their relationship is to both UFO disclosure and to Nabisco and other companies with similar types of, of, of logos. and Why they choose those logos and what those logos mean. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Our website is www.thesecretteachings.info. For those of you who listen to the full show, it might sound like harping and very repetitive, but most people listen to a full segment. On average, they go back and listen later. So if you've not heard, we offer a subscription service to the show. It supports the show, allows us to do what we do five nights a week, and supports the network, the Fringe FM, which gives us the platform to do this. And I believe it supports you because you get unlimited downloads and streams of every episode of The Secret Teachings. You also get access to all the montages when you subscribe. And you get access to read and download digital versions of my books and my old, old, old books. They're on there as well. And you can do this for $50 a year. Some months we offer a subscription special. This month it's $45. It's a one-time donation through PayPal. You can do that on the website or the PayPal email, rdgable at yahoo.com. The website is thesecretteachings.info. You get a free copy of one of my books, autographed, free shipping in the United States. It's a great deal. You get all of that. 
Or if you'd really like to support the show, you can subscribe weekly for $5 or monthly for 10 Obviously, you get a big discount there. Check it out at www.thesecretteachings.info. Please support the show. Promote us on social media and help keep us on air and help keep us expanding. That's the point we're at. We are expanding and we want to go further. We want to go to the stars, if you will. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Stay with us. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donation Subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loudness measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, no artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. The biggest thing is time. A lot of people that podcast don't have time. It's going to take you months to launch. We did it for you. We could do it tomorrow. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK, 
Digital Broadcasting. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting exclusively right here on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us always at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, and check out our website, which will have access portals to our show archive, our montage archive, all powered by Captivate, where you can download and stream those shows and montages. And when you subscribe to the show, you'll get access to my digital books as well. All of that at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you type in .com, it won't work. It's .info. So last weekend, I got a phone call from a friend of mine, Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero. And when I got that phone call, I was a little bit taken back because Clyde said that he was researching or looking into the Oreo cookie. And I thought that was kind of funny because I've heard that the Oreo cookie is, for all intents and purposes, a very powerful cookie. Not just because it's a top-selling cookie, but because of the symbols on the cookie. What Clyde brought up to me was that Oreo is offering, and I saw this the next day. I saw this, I think he called me last Saturday, not this weekend, but the weekend before. And I looked it up Sunday, and I just happened to come across it as well last Sunday from uh, Best Products and Delish and other websites had an article on this that Oreo... As a new, uh, it's like it's like a UFO themed cookie pack. To according to bestproducts.com, to extend an olive branch to extraterrestrials, they are UFO Rios, and they are called the Oreo offering. You place a cookie in the center of this pack, and place it in view of the night sky, as a sign. Of peace. Very similar to the Black Knight satellite Pepsi commercial, bring the world together in peace. Look at that Oreo cookie. And what do you see on that Oreo cookie? It's not like a Chips Ahoy. There's not elves in a tree 
making the Oreo. In fact, outside of the ingredients and the history of Nabisco, nobody's really sure where the name Oreo came from. So it's a it's a long-standing mystery, which, of course, adds to the mystique of it. And that, of course, communicates to the subconscious, as symbols do, and that drives people to purchase the product. It's mysterious, so let's get a pack of Oreos, right? And perhaps I'm just running a two-hour advertisement for Oreos right now, and perhaps uh, that's what anybody does who talks about this. That's what Oreo intends. That's what Nabisco intends, is they want people to talk about it, and they want to have basically free advertising. But if I did that with my show, I would never get to do a show because uh, a lot of the things we talk about are up this alley, as they say, or down this alley, and it's revolving around the esoteric nature of our reality and reading occult language, reading between the lines, seeing the patterns and deciphering the codes and breaking down and defining the symbols. So... I look at an Oreo. I don't necessarily know much about the Oreo because I don't eat Oreos and I don't eat cookies. But when Clyde called me the other night, I immediately thought of a book that I had read by a forensic scientist named Scott Walter, who we've had on the show probably half a dozen times or close to half a dozen times. He's an author. He was on the Travel Channel, on the History Channel, I believe, uh, for America Unearthed, which uh, I don't believe is uh, is on air anymore as news shows. Uh, But Scott Walter used to come on the show quite often. His wife came on one time with uh, Alan Butler because they had written a book together. Scott Walter wrote a book called Akhenaten to the Founding Fathers. And uh, it's an interesting book about a little bit about Egyptian myth and the Hooked X. The Mysteries of the Hooked X was the subtitle of the book. Scott Walter is well known for deciphering the Kensington Runestone and finding the pre-Columbian nature of it. His other book, The Hooked X, defines all that. And so when Clyde told me that, I thought, you know, I've seen the Oreo cookie in a book that I read. And I saw, I went and grabbed the book and I flipped through it and I found the page. And in that book, there is a description of the Oreo cookie and the various symbols on the Oreo cookie. So you can do this with me if you just go to the internet, type in Oreo cookie and pull up a picture of an Oreo cookie, or if you happen to have an Oreo cookie, grab that Oreo cookie and have a look at it. You know, I'm going to pull up a picture of the offering from Nabisco. It's the packaging with the Oreo on it. And you can see some stuff on this cookie that I I, I find uh, pretty interesting. What you see on this cookie are 12 crosses in a round design. In the center of that design, you see what amounts to the points of an X at the top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right of an oval. 
In the oval, you see an upright and a downward triangle. And you see the word Oreo. Now, of course, Oreo could come from the chocolate and the cream, the O's and the R-E. It could come from orexogenics, an appetite stimulant. It could come from oros, the Greek word for mountain, where many people throughout history have been enlightened, have contacted God, Moses on Mount Sinai. The mountain is a sacred place from Tibet and Japan and China to the Tower of Babel to Mesopotamia and Mesoamerica with ziggurats and teocallis to the pyramids to Mount Olympus and so on and so forth, all the way to the old man on the mountain, Rashid Ad-Din As-Sinan, in the traditional Muslim story, the leader of the Syrian branch of the assassins during the Third Crusade. That's the Oros, the mountain where you make communion with God, an offering to God. Or the Eero, if you just look at Oreo, spelled backwards and remove an O, Eero is the primeval god of chaos, but also the son of Aphrodite, the god of love. And what does the god of love do? He brings people together. That's actually part of the offering packaging. That's what it says on the packaging for Oreo. Bringing all life forms together. Bringing people together in love and peace and harmony, just like that Black Knight alien Pepsi commercial. And so, you look at that Oreo, and you see the oval. That's a symbol of the goddess, the oval, the sick of Pisces. And on top of that is the phallic symbol penetrating the oval, the active and, pr- and passive principles. But you also get that in the cross. Now, people will say that the cross on the Nabisco logo is the Lorraine cross. Now, technically... It's the patriarchal cross. It's not the same cross. But Godfrey de Bouillon, the Duke of Lorraine, took the patriarchal cross in 1099 when it was used in the capturing of Jerusalem during the Crusades, the early Crusades. And he extended the bars of the patriarchal cross. Technically, he extended one of the two bars. To give you an idea of these crosses, the Latin cross is a lowercase t. The Tau cross is an uppercase t. Put a circle on top, you get the Ankh or the Crux Ansata or the life bestowing. The patriarchal cross is like the cross Jesus was crucified on, the Latin cross, although the Romans used to crucify people on Teu crosses, which is the mark of Yahweh, the desert people in the uh, biblical story of Moses who goes to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. But that's a side note. The patriarchal cross is Jesus crucified, and at the top is an inscription, King of the Jews, right? That's what the story sometimes says, but other times it would just simply be the name of the person being crucified. So the Knights Templar, as they are reduced in name, because some names that relate to the Templars are very long. They're technical names, Knights of the Templar, Knights of XYZ, etc., etc. Godfrey de Bouillon, 
the Duke of Lorraine extended the top bar of that cross so that they were equal. Now, I have a Templar flag hanging up in my apartment. And my son, Fox, loves this thing. He'll just... I have a Japanese battle flag from World War II. I have um, a Don't Treadle Me flag. I have a Templar flag. And then, um, other than Navajo, Native American, I uh, most of my ancestry is German. And I like German ancestry and history, so I have a German flag. And my son always looks at it. He's like, what's that? I'll say, that's a German flag. And what's that? It's a Japanese flag. He's like, what's that? I'll say, that's the, that's the Don't Treadle Me flag, buddy. And I'll say, what's that? No, that's the German flag again. What's that? That's the Japanese flag. What's that? That's the German flag. What's that? That's still the German flag, buddy. And he really loves the American flag, but he'll point to the other one. What's that? And I'll say, that's the Templar flag. And I'll even explain it to him. I said, look, the cross is a Maltese cross. It's a red cross, the rosy cross, the red cross that is often associated with the medical community and the reason for that is it of course goes back to the American Red Cross going back to the time of the Civil War Clara Barton founder of the American Red Cross the Red Cross is the Rosy Cross of the Rosicrucian Order closely associated today with various secret societies like the Golden Dawn, the Order of the Knights Templar, the Masons or the Freemasons. So you take that cross, and yeah, I'll explain all this to my son, <laughs> who's two, and you look at the background, and it has a, a black side and a white side, split. And I'll tell him that's the yin-yang, the yang-yin. That's the passive and active principles. That's male and female, or passive is female, active is male. And that's not degrading to the female. Oh, the female's passive. You're a sexist. No, moron. <laughs> that, and my son knows that that's not the case. Uh, the passive just means receptive, the chalice, water, the womb, very important, the womb, carrier of sangrail, the holy blood, holy blood, holy grail. And the fire is the upright triangle. It's the phallus. And that is, of course, the male, the active principle that penetrates the female principle. That's your Notre Dame, many Gothic cathedrals built by the Knights Templar with the rose window. The sunlight penetrates the rose. The phallic, the male, penetrates the vaginal, the female. That's also the Vesica Pisces, the walnut shape that Jesus steps through in Christian iconography. And of course, the congregation becomes impregnated. It relates to the nine months of gestation inside of the earth, the seeds that grow into the crops that we cut down with the scythe of Saturn, God of agriculture, God that plants the seeds of our destruction inside of us. And then that, of course, leads to a final supper, a last supper before the winter. We give thanks, a Thanksgiving celebration, and all of this culminates in that final last supper by consuming the bread made from the wheat where there is God and the wine made from the grapes on the vine that 
are empowered by and grown by the rays of sunlight and the morning dew, the water, the alchemical gold. That's our holy communion. Others turn it into an unholy communion with the cake of light of Aleister Crowley or the spirit cooking of Marina Abramovic, where they take the blood, which is the life force, the milk, which is the sustaining, nurturing force, and the semen, which is the life seed. They mix it together. They feed the spirits, which takes us back to trick or treating and the feeding of the spirits to appease them so they don't vandalize our home or so they don't terrorize our family. And so it's no coincidence the Oreo cookie had a slogan at one point, milk's favorite trick or treat. It's a contractual obligation trick or treating as with Santa Claus, the clause and the contractual obligation that we make with this deity. Hopefully don't, we don't get coal and we definitely want to appease this deity because we don't want Krumpus coming after us. <laughs> so we want to try to prevent ourselves from being attacked by Krumpus. Maybe we'll use a jack-o'-lantern for light to ward off the darkness, the cold, and the evil. Perhaps we'll use Christmas lights. Perhaps we'll use a bonfire. Perhaps we will use the witch ball, which will ward off evil, scare the witches away. So in explaining this to my son, <laughs> who's two, uh, the black and white on that Templar cross the active and passive principles is what Godfrey de Bouillon and the Knights Templar incorporated into their flag and into their symbols, the cross of Lorraine specifically, the two bars being equal to represent the chivalrous nature of this order who believed, um, like, as far as I understand, as far as I've read, like the communities that Jesus was a part of, secret society groups, um, the Essenes, uh, the Nazarenes, Jesus of Nazareth, the Nazarenes, uh, the Templars, who believed, uh, like these societies, that women were equal, not in a social justice way, uh, not in a Marxist way, not in a feminist way, not in a critical race theory way. Uh, that's the opposite of what the Templars believed, according to, to tradition, they were a chivalrous order who believed in the kneeling and the bowing and the sacredness of the female, and particularly of Mary, Ma Ray, the mother, the holy mother, the mother of Jesus, the mother of God, the mother earth that we subject ourselves to in the rituals and the secret societies, the secret teachings to be born again as not sons or daughters of woman or man, but sons of God as we exit the temple to the rising sun after having entered the temple from the place of the setting sun. We go east to west, west to east in these temples, which is why if you go to Temple Square in Salt Lake City, Utah, the Mormon temple is centered from east to west, west to east. And a lot of temples are as well around the world from Greece to, to Egypt for that specific, for that exact reason. So, as I'm explaining all this to my son, <laughs> I tell him the black and white are male and female, positive and negative, or negative and positive, whatever you want. The two bars on the Lorraine cross represent that chivalrous order, that equality between man and woman, the unification, the two serpents on the caduceus, the wand of Asclepius, healing, sexual healing, right? Sexual healing. And that sexual healing is the unification of the two forces. That is alchemy, the intertwining serpents, DNA, creation, spark of life. That is the essence of life. That 
That's where this all comes together. And if you want to reduce it to something a little simpler, the cross of Lorraine, the patriarchal cross, that's the symbol of Nabisco. But how about we take the iron cross? We take the Maltese cross. The Knights of Malta, the Knights Hospitaller that set up the first hospital in the Holy Land in 1080. That's where the hospital comes from. The Knights Hospitaller, the Knights of the Hospitaller. Hospitality. The hospitality of the Masonic Lodge, the hospital, the Knights of Malta, or the Knights Templar, the Cross of St. John, the Fishtail Cross, the Iron Cross, Maltese Cross, Knights Templar Cross, the Iron Cross that was made very popular, of course, by the German Nazis, or the Maltese Cross used by so many countries, or the Vatican for cardinals. Uh, Maltese crosses have been used by biker gangs. People just have them, you know, tattooed because they think it's a cool symbol. The Maltese cross is uh, something I believe Henry Ford also received from the Nazi party, interestingly enough. Uh, But beyond that, take that Maltese cross and look at that Oreo, and you're going to find 12 of them. 12 signs of the zodiac, the animal wheel, the houses of the Zodiac, the houses of Jesus' father, the carpenter that builds the houses in the heavens. Take those 12 knights of the round table, equality, chivalrousness, the balance, the equality, black and white, yin, yang, yang, yin, passive, active, active, passive, male, female, female, male, unification, alchemy, bringing it all together. The grand alchemical Rosicrucian formula, the red cross of the Templar flag, the iron cross on the black and white background. And what is the cookie? The cookie is black and white. Black cookie, white in the middle. Purity. Jesus crucified between two thieves, nonetheless. And you take that symbol and you make a variation in it for what they call the fishtail cross or the eight-pointed Templar cross. The eight points are basically four V's that are connected. That's the Templar cross, the fishtail cross. Those eight points, turn the eight on its side, they represent infinity. Infinity is the trinity, the triune symbol of life, death, and birth, or rebirth, or birth, life, and death, that triune cycle. And that, in relationship to the process of acquiring higher levels of consciousness and connecting with God is the opposite of what some materialists and some so-called Satanists wish to do. So rather than extending the infiniteness of the triune nature of the world and attempting to properly make a connection with Source, Anton LaVey decided to put the figure eight or the infinity symbol or what amounts to two Auroboroses underneath of the patriarchal cross or the Lorraine cross. And that represents the infinity and the drawing down of spirit into matter indefinitely. Some might call it today transhumanism. 
a very anti-humanist or post-humanist world that is being created and developed through medicine and economics and social issues, etc. But if we attempt to transcend the materiality of the cross of Leviathan and the infinity symbol applied to it, signifying the importance of material and the disconnection from that which is above and that which is below. You look at this cross, or any cross, and what you see is a uniting of man and woman, a uniting of spirit and matter, a merging of two worlds, a gateway or a portal like the sacred mountain. And if you take that cross and you turn it sideways, you get the X, the hooked X, that little hook is inside of the female. That's the womb, the holy grail, sangreal, the holy blood. And if you take those two symbols, you just basically draw an X, you get a pyramid, and you get another upside-down pyramid that connects to it. That's the point of the alien touching man, God touching man. In the center there is that singularity of connection, the monkey touching the monolith, that's creation, that's unification, that's connection with God, etc. And if you put a line at the top and bottom, you get like what looks like a little hourglass, right? And then you merge those together. That's fire, water, male, female. That's alchemy. And that brings together the fire and water and creates, with those lines complete, two triangles superimposed. What we call the Star of David, the Star of Saturn part of the grand alchemical formula. Take it apart, and you'll find four additional symbols. You'll find air and earth, which are variations of fire and water. Cornelius Agrippa explains that in his occult philosophy quite well and in lots of detail. It's also described in my book, Occult Arcana, available at www.thesecretteachings.info. All of this information that I get for shows like this really comes out of my book and other books I've read to incorporate into that book. www.thesecretteachings.info It's all there. Grab a copy of the book, subscribe to the show to support us. www.thesecretteachings.info So we can keep bringing you this information five nights a week right here on The Fringe FM. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. 
All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donation Subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If you're like me, you like to read and study pretty much anything you can get your hands on. I look at the Bible a lot. I was looking at the Bible before tonight's show, and I was pulling up some Bible verses. Went to 1 Kings. The Bible's talking about sacrificing things in high places, on high places to the Lord. There are dozens and dozens of Bible verses about that. The high places are the temples, the mountaintops, sacred locations to commune with God, where the Ten Commandments were received and where, whether Native American or Asian in Japan and China, or 
around the world, Mesoamerica, Mesopotamia, the Middle East, ziggurats, teocallis, pyramids, mimicking the great mountains of Fuji or Omai or Kailash or the Tower of Babel, Nanda Devi, Taranaki, Mount Marcy, and so many others where man communicates with God, man makes a deal with God, man becomes enlightened or ascends, man communicates with the gods on Mount Olympus, trying to open a gateway or a portal to the other world to have communion with those gods. This is what was taught, and this is part of the ritual in the secret societies in Egypt and Greece and going back even further than that, as does the origin of many Masonic traditions and Masonic rituals and symbols. And it's funny because the word mountain in Greek is oros. And that's quite close, wouldn't you say, to the oreo, which is being offered as a extraterrestrial Eucharist to our extraterrestrial alien visitors. Oreo is offering the offering, the offering cookie that you put on a packaged altar and place in your window to welcome extraterrestrials to have a bite, like the contract you enter into with Santa Claus, the contract you enter into with kids on Halloween. In fact, Oreo's slogan at one point was about trick-or-treating, milk's favorite trick-or-treat. And with the religious iconography of an Oreo, the Maltese crosses, the Twelve crosses, the patriarchal cross, the cross of Lorraine and the oval and the phallic symbol and the dots and the dashes, male and female active passive, all that. It's perfect as a religious totem, a religious amulet, talisman, fetish to give to the alien gods. I I really think the best way to serve it would be to serve it on a saucer wouldn't you say, if it has to do with UFOs? It's a bad joke, but I tried. You can't get mad at me for trying. Bring a little bit of humor to the show. But in all seriousness, you look at the symbols on the Oreo cookie, Nabisco, or any company, from Starbucks to Exxon. Exxon uses the double-barred cross as well. Starbucks uses Melusine. So many companies use the Sun, or they use the pyramid or the triune sacred triangle. They do this for one reason or another because those symbols communicate to our subconscious and attract us to those businesses, attract us to those places. These are things that we don't consciously think about like the mountaintop where we make this deal, we make this offering to God or the aliens. The mountain is the peak of matter. It's the transcendental peak of material spirit. But inside of the mountain is the tomb, the womb of earth. It is the path of the way, the white purity of the cream in between the two Boaz and Jochen pillars or black cookies, those blackened by sin on the outside. The tomb of the spirit, the body. The spirit is in the tomb. 
Osiris was placed in a tomb. Likewise, Moses was actually placed inside of a little basket and placed on the Nile River, as was Osiris in the myth by his brother Set. We've broken that down on shows about George Floyd. The criminal turned into a god, basically, and put into a golden coffin when he was buried, and the ritual chanting, the Gregorian chanting even, of I can't breathe when the real quote was I can't choke, and the introduction of global masking and so on and so forth as part of a much larger ritual to strangulate and to suffocate, to reduce human exhaust, and to replace organic life with synthetic life. That's kind of a different show, but it's kind of related to what's being discussed tonight because those things which are transhumanistic, post-human and anti-human, are really part of the Leviathan cross, the infinity symbol at the bottom pulling the spirit down to matter. Whereas the mountain draws us upward to communicate with God, to touch God. And inside of the mountain is the tomb, the womb of the earth, where we are born again as sons of God, the tomb of spirit we are resurrected out of. Moses was an initiate of this order in Egypt, supposedly. Many pharaohs were. Many Caesars were. Many leaders were by force, not by the true path, the true way, the white cream in between the two black cookies. The mountain is that which is below reaching up to that which is above. That which is above reaches down to that which is below. It is the rising fire, the head coming out of the Teu cross, the spirit rising out of matter. And the Oreo itself, you look at the word, and it breaks down into a number of different words from the Hebrew word for light or, or in French for gold. Gold of the alchemists, dawn, the first light, sunlight. First light is the light of Venus, and then the sunlight. It's the false light. And the light of Venus is, of course, the Roman version of Aphrodite. Aphrodite's son is, of course, the god of chaos, but later the god of love that brings us all together as the Oreo brings all life forms together, according to the UFO-themed packaging. The Greek watchers or the Greek word for watchers, as described in Daniel in the Bible and the scriptures, the fallen angels, were called the Agregoria, or Agregorio, or Agregorio, something to that effect, similar to the Agregor, the thought form, like a tulpa or like a golem, manifesting that which is part of the collective conscious, not just the collective unconscious, the collective conscience, but if you program the unconscious, you program the subconscious, you can obviously manifest things through the group collective, and that also is a subject that we have gone into in great detail on other shows here on The Secret Teachings. So this is the offering that is being made, that is being given to the extraterrestrials. Maybe you're thinking, how can you do a whole show on the Oreo? 
It's kind of like doing a whole show on toilet paper, right? Above or below? Over or under? Can you do a whole show on a on toilet paper? Yeah. I can do a whole show on the Oreo cookie. I've done a whole show on corporate logos before. Whether it's Nabisco with the patriarchal Lorraine Cross or it's the Oreo cookie itself from Nabisco or it's companies like MasterCard, the Vicica Pisces or DC Shoes or Osiris Shoes. Maybe it's uh, something like SunTrust Bank or Iron Mountain Security, Pyramids, Vicica Pisces. The symbols that are used whether they're basic geometrical symbols. Context, of course, matters. Intention, of course, matters. But these symbols are used, whether it's the Apple computer, the digital Apple, the Apple of poison, the Apple of false life given to us prior to our fall out of the grace of God. The things that we view, the things that we see on a daily basis, whether they are colors or they are maybe animals or insects, or they are geometrical shapes. All of this is important. And those who know how to manipulate those symbols know how to control our minds quite literally, knowing how to make you feel important, knowing how to make you feel as if you're a part of something. That's how good advertising and good marketing works. You know, as far the, the furthest I will go in, in marketing is to say that when you subscribe to the show, and I'll use this as a, well, a shameless plug, when you subscribe to the show and you get access to the archive, the montages, and my digital books, we have weekly, monthly, yearly, yearly subscriptions. It's very discounted, and you get a lot for your yearly subscription. Uh, you support the show, you support the network, and you support yourself. That's about as far as I'm willing to go in terms of the nature of manipulating human needs and human desires although sure it might not be manipulating if it's what people want you know maybe i should have more trust in my show or something to that effect but nevertheless it's very important to recognize those things consciously because i don't want to consciously take advantage of of listeners i don't want to take advantage of you and we do a lot of our our show on the basis of please support us if you believe what we're doing and if you believe what we're doing and you support the show, that gives us exactly what we need when we need it. Now, something else I found out that's interesting about the Oreo cookie is that at one point in the 1920s, turtle doves were added to the cookie. Now, the, the dove is really interesting for a couple of reasons. One, it represents peace. The white dove represents peace. And the dove in Greek is numerically equivalent to the number 801. 801 is, of course, the alpha, the one, and the omega, the 800. What is the dove and what is the alpha and the omega? Well, it's Jesus. It's the Savior. Jesus in Greek numerology translates to 888. Eight is the number of points on the fish-tailed 
Templar cross. The Templars preserved the unity and the sanctity of the feminine and the masculine. The Templars knelt chivalrously. See if I can pronounce it again. Chivalrously. Chivalrously. They knelt in a chivalrous manner to Mary, to the mother. Uh, the Da Vinci Code wasn't just a movie. It was based on the actual beliefs of the original Knights Templar who believed in chivalry. So when you look at that and you read the Gnostic Bible and you read the stories of Jesus and you read the stories of marriage and the sacredness of marriage, you'll understand that it's a cult and that it's alchemical and that it's important to recognize it at minimal as simply that. Now, a a famous poet, Charles Pigai, wrote about the Lorraine Patriarchal Cross, particularly the Lorraine Cross, and what it represents. Here's the poem. The arms of Jesus are the cross of Lorraine, both the blood in the artery and the blood in the vein, both the source of grace and the clear fountain. The arm of Satan are the cross of Lorraine, the arms of Satan, and the cross of Lorraine, and the same artery and the same vein, and the same blood and the troubled fortain. Some say it's a satanic symbol. I don't believe that. I've explained that tonight. I believe it is a symbol that represents whatever it is that you wish it to represent, that whatever it is you interpret it to present. It's not necessarily right or wrong, uh, regardless of how you interpret it. But I believe that like anything else that we observe, anything else that we talk about on this show or anything else that you might find interest in your own studies, we need to approach it. And I think it goes without saying, but I must say it anyway, uh, with what I would usually term objectivity, but I think I need to use the word balance here. I think the word balance is more appropriate. We need to approach it with balance because if we don't approach it with a balanced point of view, then what ends up happening is we allow ourselves to be disconnected from that pathway, from that cream in the middle. And if we're disconnected from that cream in the middle and we don't have the balance of the two opposing forces, we obviously not just we don't just become unbalanced, but we fall into an unbalanced chaotic state. And those in an unbalanced, chaotic state with no direction obviously need the direction of the way, the direction of what people call Jesus or the path of light or people say Christianity, but it's something you can find in whether it's New Age or Islam or Hinduism or Buddhism or whatever it is, Jainism, Taoism, whatever. Uh, You can find that uh, just by reading the right books and allowing yourselves to yourself to be open to those things when you allow yourself to be open to possibility um, and understanding uh, it will come to you and you will make that realization when the time is right it's not something you have to spend money on you don't have to pay for you know a a mystery school for $333 you don't have to pay for any of that Um, (laughs) I like when people say well your secret teaching show you're having people pay to enter into a mystery school it's like what the hell are you talking about? I just used the names of the blue degrees of Freemasonry because I thought it was clever for the tiers 
uh, of the subscription, you know, on PayPal. It's not because you're entering, you're not, let's disclaim it. You're not entering into a secret society. The secret teachings isn't me divulging secretive information that I got. How did I get that secret information? I mean, I guess there are people that, people that really believe that. Um, it should also be noted, and uh, I talked about this briefly on uh, the Ground Zero show I did. Oreo Speedwagon was the show on Friday night. Uh, Derek Night Soccer called in, and uh, I was I was thinking he was going to call in from the Oreo aisle, and I was going to ask him if he was stocking Oreos. Uh, I always love when he calls in. And Derek was mentioning that he was in the Oreo aisle. He was looking at the Oreo cookies. Um, Lady Gaga has her own cookie out too, and it's uh, she's you know in a controversy for th- things all the time. Um, that's part of the publicity. Uh, she has four cookies um, or four designs on the cookie. I, I guess one side is the Oreo with the Maltese cross and the Nabisco logo. On the back side is Gaga, which is by the way an Israeli dance. Um, Gaga with the serpent, um, kind of like a sharp, pointy serpent uh, surrounding her. So she's kind of like Isis in this regard here. And she's also the monster, mother monster. We've done shows, and I've shown in presentations how her song, which came out years ago, Bad Romance, the video, is very similar to the xenomorph monster, the way that she moves and... and, and um, the clothing that she wears, kind of like the pale man or the rake, no eyes, uh, the hat man, the smiling man. She personifies that pale man, that slender man, that monster. Very similar to what the xenomorph alien does in Prometheus uh, and in the movie Covenant. So there's a connection there. Aliens, monsters, xenomorph, strange creatures, and the music industry. And here's Lady Gaga with her own Oreo cookie. The green in the middle, the pink brown on the outside. Uh, promoting chromatica and one of the cookie backs has a heart within a heart within a heart which could mean radiating love or people are quick to point out that's a pedophile symbol um i put i put um let's call it energy i put enough energy into that to give it credibility based on what i've seen from the uh I get, I, I, well, I've seen it from the FBI, what supposedly is a pedophile symbol. Um, I guess that's what we're calling it. You know, other people say things like, you know, ascension symbols. I don't know what an ascension symbol is or how you can teach an ascension course without being an ascended master, you know. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, these cookies I find to be more interesting in their relationship to the monster uh, and to the xenomorph and to the alien and uh, what that monster might demand as sacrifice or as an offering and what they might demand is the child uh so you know the 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 origin of the consumption of the gingerbread man perhaps or various forms of cookie fetishes uh like in voodoo or hoodoo the the fetish little dolls uh, that people would eat to replace the the, the sacrifice of children, the human sacrifice. Obviously, a lot of this met- is metaphoric because traditionally in Mesoamerica, the, the Maya, for example, just sacrificed flowers, and it really wasn't until the culture declined that they sacrificed animals or humans. So that's just a you know misunderstanding. And uh, no doubt, cultures practiced human sacrifice and demanded children. I mean, God demanded 
child sacrifice. It's like in the end, though, he he called it off. He wanted to see how how his servants would react to having their firstborn sacrifice. At the last minute, at the last minute, God says, you know, uh, just don't sacrifice your child. I don't know if that's the same God in both parts of the Bible, but that's that's neither here nor there. It's the, uh, the Oreo cookie, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, psychologically, you can tell what a person, uh, what their personality is by looking at the way they eat a cookie. If you twist it, um, you're considered sensitive. If you dunk it, you're considered energetic. If you bite it, you're considered self-confident. I guess everybody's self-confident because at some point you, you gotta, you gotta bite that cookie, you know, or maybe you lick it. Maybe you lick the way, the path, the light, Jesus in the middle between those two brown cookies. There's also a 2013 Connecticut college study that showed, uh, I believe it was in mice, that the Oreo cookie, perhaps it was because of the orexigenics. That thing's as addictive as heroin and possibly cocaine. Maybe that's because of the sugar, which has routinely been linked to the addiction levels of cocaine or heroin. I also must, must mention the Blue Oyster Cult. Because their symbol, that hooked cross, is similar, almost identical, just really a, a, a flipped version of the Saturn astrological symbol, the hook, the scythe. And um, the Blue Oyster Cult, if you just look, look up Blue Oyster Cult, it describes the cult as a group of aliens that guide Earth's history. And it's funny because we're talking about the Eucharist and communion. The oyster is a symbol of none other than Aphrodite. And the only other god the oyster is a symbol of is Dionysus. Dionysus is the Greek version of the Roman Bacchus, the wine god. Wine, grape juice, milk, and Aphrodite's son, Ero, Ori-O, Ero, God of love, but also God of destruction like Saturn. God of love that brings people together like the Oreo cookie, bringing all life forms together. Place the Oreo cookie in the center of a pack with clear view of the night sky. It says sky, but I'm saying night, the night sky, to create your own Oreo offering. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. If you enjoyed this show, if you want to support us, please, 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 www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe, get access to the montage archive, the show archive. Download and stream every archived montage and show and access to my digital books on the website. You can also read reviews for the books. They're massive books, by the way. These aren't fly-by-night books. These are massive compilations from Kev Baker and Clyde Lewis to Joe Roop and Leo Zagami. Reviews for the books. Jim Mars wrote a review for one of the original drafts of the book before he passed away years ago. Those books are on the website. I'll autograph them, shipping around the world. You tell me what you want. Tell me how you'd like to support the show. www.thesecretteachings.info rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. Use it to contact us. Use it for PayPal. I want to keep things very simple. Thesecretteachings.info one website, 
one way to support the show through the subscription book service. One way to access us on social media, facebook.com forward slash secret teachings. And we will be doing a Patreon soon. Let me know what you think about that. Thank you all for listening tonight. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.